0: Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. And Get Up a Get we will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guest today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Sabrina Wirth. Sabrina, how you doing?
1: I'm great. <laughs>
0: awesome. Awesome. It's always good to see your smiley face. So Sabrina Wirth is a writer, artist, curator, and art advisor. Although born and raised in New York City, she spent most of her childhood in San Miguel de Aluni, Mexico. (laughs) I got it. And speaks five languages. Sabrina, you speak five languages? I didn't know that. (laughs) She has a deep appreciation for different cultures and believes that good communication is key to adapting in any environment. Sabrina, welcome.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, Sabrina, listen, I did not know... You spoke five languages.
1: Yeah, well, one of the five is pretty elementary, but uh, the other four are very fluent.
0: OK, so what the other four? What are they? Uh,
1: so um, Spanish is my first language because I grew up or I spent the first uh, six years of my life in Mexico.
0: OK, Mexico.
1: Allende. And um, tiny little town. I went back and I walked around the whole place in about an hour, but at the time it seemed huge. Um, I speak Italian because my family on my dad's side lives in Italy, okay. and I grew going there. Um, French, I learned it in school, and if you already know Spanish, then it's pretty easy to learn French. Uh, English, obviously, and then um, I. Learned some German when I uh, did a master's course at Columbia.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, you are a linguist.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And you know what, Sabrina? I got—I guess we both got the memo because we both rocked the turtlenecks today. <laughs> <laughs> the turtleneck crew. <laughs> so, Sabrina, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know you mentioned where you live. You, you spoke about your language. But let's dive more into um, who is Sabrina worth right? I know you and I met at my birthday party, you know, and we had a great time and I had to maintain communication because you're such We're an amazing Leos. person. Come again?
1: We're both Leos.
0: That's true. We are both Leos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why we connected so fast.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Sabrina, I want you to, to tell us um, where you're from, you know, and what got you started into the whole art community?
1: Um... So actually that question, which should be a very easy question is always something that ends up with a very long answer because I was born in New York. uh, I have been living here most of my life, Um, but I do feel like I am a part of a lot of different cultures. Um, Mexico and, and my childhood over there made a huge impact on me. And that's probably why I continued to um, maintain the Spanish. Uh, my mother's from El Salvador, and my dad is Swiss, but grew up in and was born in Rome. So um, it's. I think that a lot of people with these international backgrounds have a hard time answering that question as well, because you you don't know if you really you always feel like you belong somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And although I feel very much like a New Yorker, I also feel very comfortable with my, um, you know, my European friends and also my Latinos. So uh, I think that something that really makes up who I am is um, basically this international background. I love speaking to people and learning about Um, where they come from. And I think languages is really a key to be able to understand different cultures because it's not just being able to communicate, it's learning how people communicate and why they use certain words and um, where they come from. And everything is really connected.
2: Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones. All things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G E T U P N G E T F I T.com. And schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So, being that you are a citizen of the world, yeah. <laughs> right? You um, you have a you have a, you have different background, which has merged into this beautiful person, Sabrina, right? Um, what's your outlook on on life, right? Because I I know you look at life differently compared to a person that has. Been one place and has focused on one culture. When you when you look at just life in general, you know what are some things that drive you, and what are your what are your outlook on life?
1: Um, that's kind of, that's a big question. <laughs> 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 but I realized I didn't really fully answer the first one about the art background, and that I think ties in with my outlook on life and. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the reason why I, I gravitate to so much towards art um, and the art world, art community, is because it is such a connector, and um, people from all over the world um, can communicate through art. And it's like this universal language. There we so go. It's language without using words, and it's more through emotions. Um, and I think I'm actually quite a, I'm somebody who is driven a lot by how I feel about things. And um, I don't know if that's a Leo thing, but I've heard that <laughs> it might be. But um, uh, it, about me personally, I, I really do often go with my gut feelings on things. And if something doesn't feel right, I, I usually don't. Um, I'll turn away from that, and and if something, if I feel really strongly about something, I'm going to put you know 150 percent into that. Mm. Um, so my outlook on life is really about um, about help. I actually really like your outlook on life, and I I believe in that too. That it's really about how much you can contribute, and um, and it's it's more about Um, trying to give as much as possible. So if you have some kind of a gift, um, something you're really good at, you should try to find a way to use that to benefit others. But I also believe that there isn't anything 100% altruistic, Uh even though I tried to test that theory. (laughs) And um, the reason why there isn't anything that's completely altruistic is because no matter how much you will try and give as much of yourself, it's you, there isn't some ultimate reward that you kind of want. And whether it is to feel good about what you're doing for other people, or in the end, you know, you want it to come back to you. Um, So I would say that I'm, I'm trying to, use whatever i'm good at and Mm -hmm. and try to make the most of it and um i am very interested in so many things like you said in the beginning i'm a writer i'm an art advisor i'm an artist and i am you know i want to do everything um and i do do all those things i've written in magazines and i've um i've I've shown my work in exhibitions and I've shown other people's work in exhibition. It always feels great when I see my work published, <laughs> when I um, exhibit my work, when I sell a work, when I sell my work. Um, it always gives me a, you know, adrenaline. Um, but at the same time I'm doing it because I'm also, I want to have a purpose. So hmm. if I, most of the pieces that I've written have been, know profiles on artists so i'm elevating their careers but at the same time i get to publish something Um, so i i feel good when i can contribute and do and make a difference so if i've made some kind of difference somewhere because of something that i'm good at that that's like the best high.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, 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 so Sabrina, you know, I know that you are, um, you're also very adventurous, right? And, and you, you, there's no putting Sabrina in the box, right? There's no way to define you because you have so many, um, um, assets and facets to you, right? You are. You also you create documentaries as well. You know, you do water sports, right? <laughs> right. There's so many aspects to to you. So, have you always been that way? Ever since you were a child, have you always been the adventurous type? You know, the wild, curious, um, type. Talk to me about that.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't really know where it comes from, but I. I have always been trying to push the envelope to see what I can do and what I can get away with. (laughs) Um, And um, I remember, um, I mean, I got into so many adventures in Mexico when I was living there. I mean, I was a little girl, but um, I had no fear Mm -hmm. and I didn't care about what anybody ever thought. And I wasn't self-conscious. So I would always try things like I'd, I'd say to my girlfriends, um, let's go into the park and make some, and, um, make some money from the, the tourists. And (laughs) (laughs) I like a little street performer, but, you know, it was just very innocent. And, um, I had a keyboard that had music already, um, recorded on it. So it looked like it could look like you're playing it live. And so I would tell my friend to pretend she's playing it. And then my other friend and I would choreograph a dance. And I knew that we looked cute because we were little. So I said, "Um, they're just going to give us money.
0: (laughs) You were an entrepreneur early on. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, um, but, you know, I never was thinking, oh, this looks like I'm a little poor street performer or something. I was just thinking, you know, it's fun and I'm making money so now I can use that money and can buy some candy. I didn't have any self-consciousness. Um, I also would just go into a restaurant and I'd see a piano and even if there were people there, I would sit down and I would start playing. Now, wow. if I see a piano in the middle of a hotel lobby or something, even if there are three people there, I probably, no, well, actually, if there are three people, I probably would start playing. But if it was full of people, I'm not going to sit down and play. Because, first of all, I forgot most of what I learned before. But um, before, I, I just would just sit, you know, sit down and, and play. Wow. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I love water sports. I love water skiing and skiing. Um, I like going fast and
0: drilling and drunking.
1: Yeah, um, and I like uh, traveling to places that other people wouldn't because I am fascinated by being able to know. I'm very curious, so I'm, okay. I'm fascinated about learning about different. Um, Places that have been um, have been written about somewhere, but but very few people have actually gone there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know what the truth is, if it's true the way they've written it or the only way to find out is to experience it. So I guess the most adventurous trip I've ever taken was when I went to Kurdistan (laughs) in Iraq. Oh, wow. yeah in 2019 at the end of 2019.
0: how was that experience?
1: it was like it was one of the most incredible trips i've ever taken um and it was because it was so new and it was so eye-opening and i felt like an explorer i don't know any other american i don't know anybody who has gone to iraq except Unless they went to serve, uh-huh. and um, and of course this area of Iraq is very safe. Uh, I did. I took all the precautions. I asked the right questions. I I saw that um, if the stamp was on my passport, I'd still be able to be allowed back in uh, the country in the U.S. Yeah, that's um,
0: important <laughs> that's important but yeah. you know that's that's awesome right there because you you don't you don't typically hear people talk about i'm going to iraq for vacation right you you don't hear that so so just the fact that you decided to step out of your of your yeah. comfort zone and go out there and just um be curious that's uh that definitely shows uh the type of person you are you know yeah. you're adventurous and curious um it wasn't
1: so, really vacation it was it was like with a purpose it was to go with an artist and go explore certain specific places. So um, I I went there. I also contacted a ton of magazines, told them about the itinerary, and then I ended up being able to publish a few articles about that trip and about okay. artists that I met there. So I, I kind of rolled up some purpose into that trip. So it didn't feel, uh, you know, like a vacation only.
0: So you were you were very intentional. That's that's good. Okay. Okay. So I want you to talk to us about what a typical day looks like for you, right? Cuz as a art curator, as a person that's adventurous, you know. Um I, you I mean you you are multifaceted. What does your day look like typically?
1: <laughs> um well, my days aren't very typical um at the moment, but uh because I'll just tell you about what it's like when I'm in the middle of curating a show. yeah, um, I first of all love planning for shows, and I love figuring out all the logistics and everything from figuring out the date of when I'm gonna do it to who I need to contact in order to make everything happen, and then coordinating between the artists and the and um, and I don't know, like whoever is gonna be involved. Um so I have for to plan an exhibition I um it has to be extremely organized uh I have a timeline um I the first thing I do is figure out the date um the space where it's going to be um I I send a save the date I it's it's just a ton of emailing back and forth between everybody who's involved um, sometimes for a show I will, when I'm very sure of the space and, and, um, yeah, when I'm pretty sure of where it's going to be, uh, I will draw up a mock, uh, like a, I'll make a mock plan of the space. I'll make, yeah. make it 3d on paper and then I'll, I'll, uh, print out the images of, what I'm going to put on the wall, and then I'll I'll play around until it's in a configuration that I really like. Um, And the whole thing is that it's not really just an arbitrary assembly of artwork on the walls. It has to tell a story. Otherwise, it's not, Uh, you know, otherwise, what's the point of the exhibition? The exhibition has to say something. So I will work to um, recreate how it's going to be. I'm going to think of um, what's necessary for that. I'll have to put together a price list, um, a which will have information about the show. And so that'll probably include um, talking to the artist a lot about, you know, anything that's missing, any information that's missing. Um, and it's basically going on and on and on. And I hate doing things on the day of the show mm-hmm. I try to get everything done um, maybe a week, even a week before, although that's a little unrealistic. And if anybody who's an art curator or in the art industry is listening to this, they'll say, no, we're always doing it until the last minute because that's, that's kind of what happens when you're creative and mm-hmm. Just in the arts, I don't know, you can't always expect everybody to get back to you at the time that you need it. So, I try to give myself as much time as possible when there's a time limit, and um, I'll try to get everything you know, I'll, my deadline will be a week before, but allowing for that week to just get any extra uh information out, and um, so then after the show it's not over because after the show you have to do tons of follow-up you have to write a list of anybody who's interested in the work mm-hmm. um, have to make sure you have all the information that you could just send to them about whatever they were interested in and it's just constant follow-up sometimes somebody some would say that after the show is even more important because yeah, yeah but yeah,
0: the, yeah. The, the riches, the riches are in the follow-ups. Most definitely, you know. So, yeah. tough. It seems like you're doing so many different things. Do you have a team to assist you, or are you doing this by yourself?
1: <laughs> um, for my last big show, I did have some a few people helping me, um, mm-hmm. but I don't have anybody constantly working with me every day. However, I often do say that I probably would be able to get a lot more done if I hired somebody like a, an intern or something or Got it. I don't know.
0: Okay, okay. And also, you know, like with you constantly moving around and multitasking and and tending to this, tending to that, you are burning a lot of calories. You are expending a lot of energy. What time do you have to invest in yourself and your well-being?
1: um well currently I'm not in the middle of a big show so I'm not I'm I've been slowing down a little bit right now Uh, uh Um, so but I still like to try and wake up early and um get as much stuff done early on in the morning that I you know just have to do and then later spend more time doing the things that I want to do okay um but yeah. I, uh, what do I do to it right now? I think I'm taking care of myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what does that look like though? You know, are, are you, are you doing some squats in the middle of the day? Are you, are you going out for a run? Like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just curious, you know, okay, well, I'm trying to live vicariously through you.
1: Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm, I'm somebody who's, who's constantly moving around. So yeah. I prefer to be uh active and got it. Um even though during COVID I think I I became more of an introvert, even though I'm very much an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I mean introvert in the way that I've spent so much time on my own uh than I ever have before. And um and that drains me because I'm naturally more of an extrovert. So, in yeah. you know, order to get get my energy back um, when I'm starting to feel down, I will just go outside and I'll walk through the park or I'll, you know, walk around the block. Just being outside is um, something that really helps me. Even normally, I'm working from home, but um, I. I I realize if I change my location, I can uh, be really productive. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't, I just don't like being by myself in one place for a long period of time. I need to go somewhere that inspires me. Mm -hmm. And um, when I really feel drained and um, I feel like uh, down, um, you know, especially yesterday when it was so dark by 4 p.m.
0: Yeah, it it was.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was 10 p.m. and it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I was feeling depressed at home thinking, oh my God, there's like no light and all my lights were on. Um, So when I'm feeling like that, I'll actually go to a museum or I'll walk to the museum or I'll go to a supermarket and I'll buy some, uh, some healthy food. So I'm good about, um, what I'm, you know, so I don't end up eating cookies or whatever that's at home.
0: That's good though.
1: Yeah. Just the movement, uh, of going outside. It always, something always inspires me when I'm outside. Um, And I think that, that actually helps a lot of people because my friend called me yesterday and she said, Sabrina, I'm so, I don't know what's wrong with me. I was feeling so down. And I thought, Oh, wow, me too. (laughs) But I think it's because of the weather. And so Uh I said, you know, it it always helps to just, um, you know, just take a break from whatever you're doing and just go outside, go see some art, go make a coffee date with somebody. Um, Something that changes your uh the current momentum
0: yeah yeah you know i i agree i I agree with you 100 because it's all about movement equates to life right and especially if you're in stagnation if you're living a sedentary lifestyle you might not notice it in the beginning but it's going to add up right you about you being one place you staring at the computer or you being a dark place your mood's going to change you know, because we are exposed to the environment, and we have a reciprocal relationship. It's a reciprocal relationship, right? This is why, this is why in certain places where it's um darker most most um, days of the year, there's a higher depression rate. You know. Yeah. so I, I'm glad you have the tools and you're able to take action to switch your mood you know and so kudos to you, you you're able to get up go to the museum to see some art or go to the grocery store to get some good eats good healthy eats you know and yeah. uh, it has been helping thus far so keep it up
1: yeah
0: so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, so so Sabrina um I want to dive further and just learn about like what really, what, what drives you I know you're you're creative Person, you are adventurous. You know you love to um, move on the wimp, right? Um, but what what drives you? Like what what inspires you to do what you do on a regular basis?
1: Um. Well, first, I I get so much happiness and mm-hmm. so much excitement when I'm able to create something from nothing. Um, mm. Create a huge. Exhibition, for example, only because it's one of the last big things that I did um, out of just an idea I had. Um, And um, what drives me is being able to continue building off momentum and and creating. So just creating and then um, and with a purpose. So. I like for example, I um, I had a blog which I need to <laughs> I need to um, get back into and revive it. but when I was really into it, I had this idea of what I wanted the blog to become. and I would write and I would research and I would uh, you know make it like a magazine quality. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I wasn't really sure if anybody was reading it, but I I would just put a lot of effort into it. Um, and then I saw that a lot of people were commenting and and, peop- and when I looked at the stats, I saw that people were really reading it and they really appreciated it. And um, so that gave me motivation to keep going because I realized that whatever I was doing, even though I didn't, I didn't know, or I didn't do it because I, like, I wanted to do it because I wanted to create really good quality writing online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw that it had an impact on people, and people were inspired by it, and so that motivated me to keep going, um, and. Uh, So I think that I'm just really motivated by finding ways to, to create something that eventually uh, serves to inspire other people too. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. And also, um, Okay. I'll give you another example. Um, okay. Cause it's making me sound like I'm this, uh, little saint. <laughs> 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 I just want to inspire everybody, which I do. But, um, during the pandemic, during, uh, lockdown, I created a mask out of a silk tie that was, I was still at my mom's and, um, and there were all these leftover ties from either my brothers or my dad, and they didn't want them anymore. And I had been thinking, how what can I do with these ties? I want to, you know, do something with them. It's like good silk. Um, so I I made a mask, and from I learned on YouTube how to sew it, um, and then I tried it out, and I put it on my mom and she was my model, and I took a photo and as <laughs> that so many people messaged me that they wanted to buy the mask. And at first, I was feeling like, is it ethical to sell my masks when we're supposed to be giving away masks? But then I thought, well, this is a beautiful product that I just made. And if people want to buy it, then uh, yeah, why not? So I started selling them. And It made me feel really good that something I made was like the value of what I made was being recognized. Uh And I think that a lot of times um, people don't really believe in their own value. And that's something that I have struggled with a lot as a creative person. Um, Like how do I monetize something that I've done? And if I think it's easy to do, is it still really valuable? Well, actually it's not that easy for anybody, for just anybody to do it. And, um, so I, something that I've continuously worked on is just, uh, being able to put a real value on what I create and Mm. recognizing that other people find what I do as valuable. Um, so, this constant working on myself and working on recognizing what value I can provide and that that value can be translated monetarily. Mm -hmm. um, That is something that also motivates me because I realize I can, I can create my own, um, like I, I can build my own financial, stability or you know I can create what I want by recognizing that but you know it's a constant thing that I have to keep on building on but I think you know a lot of artists also have this issue and that's why I can relate to a lot of artists and yeah yeah
0: you mentioned artists but I I would say artists and entrepreneurs as well (laughs) right because the goal is you're still creating even though it might not be art but you're creating from scratch or you create or you're trying to repurpose something and a lot of folks deal with that uh um imposter syndrome or feeling like they're not good enough or they're not worthy, they're not worthy um but in, in reality everything that came f- anything that everything you see around us came from somebody and we all have been there we struggle with insecurities we, we struggle with um feeling that we're not adequate enough um so we, we've all been it's, it's part of human nature right but the goal is to work on yourself. Like I you mentioned, the more you work on yourself, the more you invest in yourself, the more confidence you have to create more and you know replicate the process, all right? So just, just keep at it, keep at it. Continue to work on yourself, continue to yeah. build that confidence because you have created some great things. Um, you know, articles, uh, art creation, documentary, you know, so just keep pushing it, keep pushing it. So what would you say to those other entrepreneurs and artists that are dealing with this issue right now. how? What would you say that they need to do to um, create some type of sustainable reassurance within themselves?
1: Um, yeah, actually, I think that having tried out so many things, um, I have a good perspective on uh, what it's like to just keep trying and keep keep at it and not giving up. Um so something I would say to artists is um okay, so there's a quote that uh, my brother had on his wall and it was from prefontaine okay. <laughs> <laughs> the runner um and uh, it said, um I can't even remember it a hundred percent, but it said like not, Giving it your 100% is like giving up on the gift, mm. something like that. I can't yeah. really remember exactly what it is. But the point of it is that if you have a gift and you don't share it and you don't put all the effort into it to share it with the world, then that is just um, uh, doing a big disservice to everybody. Because um if you know you're you're you have something like you're a good writer, you should write. You mm-hmm. should use your voice to tell stories that other people can't tell. Even if you if you feel self conscious about saying them, you are a good writer. So use that. Um, not everybody is a good writer, and um, if you are a um, let's see, if you are really good at. Okay, something that I'm I'm not good at. Like if you're really good at Excel sheets and, <laughs> and things and all that, there are so many people who are not good at it and really could use your skills. Um, so I think the most important thing for artists and entrepreneurs um, is to recognize that they don't have to be you know, the top experts in their fields in order mm-hmm. to contribute. There are so many people online who are giving classes and talks and and um, and they're not, you know, the top recognized leaders in the world in that field, but they are inspiring other people in their audience. So like there will be an audience for them. Um, you can try something so... Random, like, um, like maybe you're really good at making, at doing accents. Um, <laughs> 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 and maybe that sounds very random, but if you start just playing around and maybe you do a YouTube channel and, or a TikTok and you're mm-hmm. showing it off, you will. I don't know, you will entertain people and entertaining is also a form of inspiration and, um,
0: and arts. Yeah. So <laughs> I
1: think that a lot of people suffer from this imposter syndrome. A lot mm-hmm. of people feel like whatever they're good at, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. But I think that now in this world where there's so many ways to, um, to disseminate content and everybody is just you know absorbing it all the time left and right every single type of uh of channel um that is available every kind of platform um so there's so much content people are craving all the time and even if you don't think you're the biggest expert you have something to say
0: yes indeed Um, yes indeed Definitely, definitely, yeah. I, you know what, those are some profound words right there, and everyone that's listening, take heed, take heed, all right? <laughs> so Sabrina, are you currently working on any new projects that you wouldn't mind sharing with
1: us? Um, so currently I have, um, an, I have artwork in my art salon up by a, an Italian artist mm-hmm. called Paolo Campagnolo, and um, I took over the coffee shop next door and um, I've, I put up some more work over there of his. Um, and I want to organize something be- between them so that people will come to my art salon and then maybe also go over there. Um, and it's, it's a private art salon. So in order to come see it, you'd have to make an appointment with me
0: okay so how can people reach you that's a question
1: (laughs) so you can go onto my website which is worthgallery.com. can you spell that yeah it's um w-i-r-t-h-g-a-l-e-r-i-e so it's spelled the french way um or swiss way uh you can contact me via the website or you can just email me sabrina at worthgallery.com. I also have an Instagram, uh worthgallery.com. I mean not dot com, just WorthGallery. And um but also I'm currently also uh finishing up some paintings that I, I I did a whole series um during the pandemic and they were all these miniature uh, paintings. um, And I'm just doing some more of those at the moment. Um, But yeah, you can, if you want to know any more, you can go onto my website and contact me.
0: Awesome, awesome. Sabrina, thank you for coming on. And I would also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for lending us the ears and the eyeballs. But last but not least, I have a question for you, Ms. Sabrina. (laughs) <laughs> that is, how may I serve you?
1: Well, you've already served me with your energy and your and your inspirational messages. Um, so I honestly, every time I speak with you, every time I have a conversation with you, I feel like my energy level just goes up. Um, so I think that just like, Let's have more conversations. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can serve me. Um, okay.
0: okay. And, <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's continue this friendship because you're awesome. And I'm pretty sure um, there will be things that will come into fruition from, from our friendship. Right. So, again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone that will benefit. And make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care. Stay blessed and cheers. We're out.